Hello and welcome to Raising the Bar. I am your host, Darren Mulcahy, and today I am joined by my better half, Gina McGrath. Hi, <laughs> Darren. Uh, so today is our second podcast, although it will probably act as more of the initial podcast. Last week we had Stephen Cusack and Sean Crow on. The two lads are two of Ireland's leading powerlifting coaches and both national team coaches. And we were chatting through just different ways of training during COVID-19 and our approach to training following the, the coronavirus. So for anyone that is maybe losing a bit of momentum right now or finding it hard to stay motivated, it might be a good episode to check out. The lads give some real good um, knowledge and tips around training right now and how to get the most from it. Okay. And as I said, it was our first episode and it was a little bit raw. Uh, we didn't have any mic set up, um, really poor introduction from myself, so on and so forth. But when we get into the ins, ins and outs of it, there was actually some really good information from the lads. But in hindsight, we probably should have done this session with myself and Gina, where we go through um, just a bit more about ourselves before we, we kick off in. Okay. So like I said today, we are going to give a brief description on our backgrounds, um, what we, what our hobbies are, or what they were, um, how we became to being gym owners, and what we offer here at Raise the Bar. What exactly do we do? And firstly, we're going to focus on the podcast, Raising the Bar. Okay, so the name Raising the Bar, obviously very similar to, to Raise the Bar. We just changed it ever so slightly. And it's just about expecting more from yourself and pushing yourself a little bit more, okay? Um, pushing yourself outside your comfort zone. There's, a, there's an old saying, nothing ever grows inside a comfort zone, and I believe that. Um, and that's what our whole philosophy here with Raise the Bar and Tremor is about. Pushing ourselves and expecting more from ourselves and never kind of settling with what we have. Even the two of us jumping on doing this podcast <laughs> is a big step outside our, our comfort zone. For anyone that knows me will, will know that talking in front of a mic or talking in front of a camera is very, very much not me, not what I'm about. And um, I think Gina, you're probably- It's not me either. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's neither of us, right? But both of us got into this game to help people and you know, to spread the message on health and fitness and to learn and to pass it on. So right now, in the current situation, um, a podcast is probably the best method of doing so. So yeah, we made the plunge. We pushed ourselves outside the comfort zone and we set up a podcast. And look, we're really, really excited for what, we gotta, what we're going to go through over the next couple of weeks. Probably won't be the, the snazziest podcast, probably be pretty raw, but that's okay. Okay, It's about the information we put out and the information we put out, the, the format we're going to take with that is going to be around three main areas, health, happiness, and strength. Okay, so for all of our members here that are, that are listening, you will know that that is, that is our whole ethos here at Raise the Bar. So healthier, happier, stronger. That's what we are trying to promote. Um, that's the lives we try and, we try and live. Um, and they're, they're our core values, essentially, okay? So both Gina and I, we, we are living examples of those, of those core values. So yeah, today we wanted to give a bit of context into the two of us, as we will be 
you know, on here regularly, hopefully over the next couple of weeks, a couple of months, foreseeable future, interviewing some really, really, really um, interesting people um, that I know that you're going to benefit from. But it's important you have some context to exactly who we are. Okay. So, Gina, would you like to start first? I will. Okay, because Gina's far more exciting than I am, and she. <laughs> yeah. so just for any anyone that is uh, listening, Gina goes by the Smiley Powder <laughs> on Instagram. So probably what she's. <laughs> she's more known as. So yeah, give a quick run through your background, what you did, and so on. Sure. So for those who don't know me, my background is in kickboxing. I started kickboxing when I was about six or seven years of age. I was absolutely hooked since day one. Um, I remember practicing at the house the whole time, like beating up my whole family, kicking everything I could. Um, absolutely hooked. Then I kind of got into fighting at probably the age of eight or nine, and um, with just light contact fights and stuff. But I was undefeated in light contact since I was like sixteen. I think I had about twenty-two or twenty-three fights. So yeah, I was absolutely hooked. But it does require a lot of dedication. So it just became my life absolutely engrossed in us everything was kickboxing related always going to fights always training running as much as i could trying to get as fit as i could so i think i had my last fight when i was 22 years of age 23 and i knew i had to be at my strongest for that fight because i was up against a really good component competitor and um, so i went to the gym and i started strength training where i got absolutely hooked on this weight I remember putting a bar on my back the first day, I think I squatted like, I think it was 50 kg and I was absolutely over the moon with this. I was like, yeah, I found my new sport, it's going to be lifting weights, which form I didn't know. But once I was in that gym and I was getting heavy weights on my back, but heavy weights at the time was like 60 odd kg and I was buzzing. But in the back of my mind, I was forgetting that I actually had a fight that I was, <laughs> was down the road for me, kind of that fight the fight and was more focused in the gym doing my weight training. Anyway, the day came when I had to do the fight and that was the day I kind of knew I had to step away from kickboxing because I was just too engrossed in sports powerlifting. It just became everything. I always wanted to be in the gym lifting weights instead of being in the gym doing kickboxing. I, I lost my last fight anyway. <laughs> Horrible thing to say but it was kind of the nail in the coffin for me to walk away. I think it was a safe option for me to walk away because once your mind is not in kickboxing, it's not a good sport to be in because you could do damage to yourself. So I went down the road with powerlifting, which I probably brought some skills from kickboxing to that, which is dedication and determination and everything, everything probably from it. So I have a lot to thank my kickboxing coach for. <laughs> thank you, Billy, if you are listening. Um, I'd say when I was about 16 years of age, I always wanted to own my own gym. I always wanted to be in the health and fitness industry. So I know when I do my even starts, I put down an ACAO form that I <laughs> I want to do like sports science, health and fitness and everything sports related possible went on my CAO form. Anyway, when even start came around, I was too busy kickboxing study for my even start, so I was actually short my points. So I went back, I repeated my even start and again didn't learn from the first time I um, was short my points again because I was kickboxing. So I think at the last minute I put in arts on my CEO form and I actually got offered a space on that course. So I did that, then I went teaching in Ibiza 
um, how many years ago? Five, six years ago. And then while I was over there, I still had it in the back of my head that I wanted to own a gym. So I remember ringing my mom one day and I was like, Mom, I think I want to come home and go back to college and do something else fitness related. So I came home. <laughs> Very sad place for life leaving Spain, but it had to be done. So I did an exercise and health course. It was only a few months just to see if I actually did enjoy it. I was absolutely hooked on it. So then I kind of wanted to specialise in strength and conditioning. So I did, I went back to college with Satanta and signed up for their strength and conditioning. I absolutely loved it. So I was training in the gym at that time and I was so lucky that the guy that owned the gym gave me a job. I was just absolutely blessed and still to this day I'm blessed that I got that job because it taught me so much about the health and fitness industry. I was absolutely blessed for that. Um, I then wanted to change the scenery so I actually moved to a commercial gym where I then became the manager of it. Still I was in that gym and I had the back of my mind that I I wanted to have my own gym and it was fortunate enough that Dara decided to move from Limerick to Shremore and open up Raise the Bar with me which was probably the best thing that I have done, can't speak for Dara, but um, <laughs> yeah that's pretty much my background. Mm, I think yeah. that's everything. So, yeah, in case you're wondering, it's definitely the best move I've ever made, too. <laughs> I have to say that, don't I? <laughs> just, um, just one, just one thing. You know, when you say like it's light contact, is there a non is there a, is it light contact and then at a certain age you go to full contact? Yeah, it's normally after 16, 16, 19, full contact where you're actually allowed kicks and punches to the head. So, <laughs> so light contact is only body shots, is yeah. It? Pretty violent when you turn 16. Okay, so light contact, you can only do shots below the neck, I presume, yeah. and kicks below the neck. Yeah. And then after that, do you still wear headgear? Yeah, I still wear headgear. Yeah. Oh, now it's doing When I was doing light contact, I was a kicker more than a boxer, and I was always doing my head kick. Okay. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, if anyone's ever like Gina, Gina is extremely flexible. Like she can, <laughs> she can stand from a standing point, like put her foot up my head height. Okay, and and I am the exact opposite of flexibility. Even though I'm a big advocate of mobility training and flexibility, my flexibility is isn't fantastic. I can probably get my leg to hip height. Seems <laughs> like a tree. <laughs> whereas Gina is just got this unbelievable flexibility where she just pops her leg up so high so quickly. But um. Yeah, that's interesting. Obviously, there's a lot of stuff I already knew, but it's going to fill in um, anyone that's listening. That's just um, a quick background. There's so much yeah. more about that. <laughs> and when Gina taught me that she was in Ibiza teaching, I was like, oh my God, she must have been <laughs> a party animal. <laughs> but she's, yeah, it's just, she explains it more. It's, it's a beautiful part of the world, apparently. Yeah. I was fancy in the gym over there as well. So it was always in the back. I wanted to come home and open the gym. I could have opened the gym at Ibiza as well, but. <laughs> that could be our next move. Is any investors listening and you want <laughs> if you want to invest a couple of million in uh raise the bar of pizza, we are <laughs> we're fully open to that. <laughs> so I'll give a quick background check on myself. Um so yeah, as you can probably gauge my accent, I'm not from Waterford, I'm from Limerick. Um I'm from a place called Bullion Limerick, um just as like Maddock. And my background, um, hobbies-wise, is a bit more team sport orientated. So I would have played a lot of hurling and rugby and soccer growing up. Um, and particularly around 15, 16, I focused more on the rugby and went to a rugby school, Rockwell College there in Tipperary. Um, 
while I was there, I won two senior cups, which was you know, something I'm really, really proud of. And they're probably some of the best sporting memories. They are the best sporting memories I've had to this day. So that was an amazing part of my life um, in hindsight. And I guess what that taught me was, number one, I love training. We used to train probably, we had definitely had five field sessions a week on a normal week. And me and the lads would just kind of start it off with training. Now, it wasn't overly structured at the time, not, not, not like what it is now. Um, for senior for schools rugby, but we used to, you know, train three four days a week in the gym on top of our field sessions. So over the course of a week, I could get anything from six to ten sessions split between you know, on the field or in the gym. And what I learned was I loved it. I love training. I love pushing myself. I love being competitive. That was just who I was, and that environment brought it out of me. Okay, and from there, uh, I went into college and yeah I went from bounced around from a couple of courses and I didn't really know what I was doing or where I was going and it took a couple of different decisions along the way for me to uh, kind of find my path and I found it through true health and fitness okay and I kind of stumbled on it a bit differently to Gina I stumbled on it more um, as an accident more so I guess you could say yeah my hands were kind of tied I was as I said, I, I, I failed one or two college courses, um, just being really immature at the time. And I went back and done this health and fitness course part-time. And I was working at the same time, and I didn't really know what I was going to do. Um, but over the course of those four years, I definitely matured an awful lot. And coming to the end of it, I knew I was in the right, the right field. Um, What's probably worth mentioning there, a very important point to make is uh, in the first or second year of that course, I started my work experience with a man named Adrian O'Brien in Limerick. And Adrian ended up, and still to this day, is a very, very close friend of mine. And he was a really important mentor. And he showed me that you know, if I did apply myself and um, I got my house in order, that I was capable of doing really good things okay and that was really important to me at the time so like I said from there I would I started working with Adrian and for about two or three years I would work uh, over at O'Brien Fitness and our Patrick on top of that I worked with Munster Rugby and I was a youth development officer and, and a strength conditioning coach I do an awful lot of work and I have done an awful lot of work with teams from a board strength conditioning point of view, um, particularly Brough Rugby Club. And last year I was involved with Limerick Camogie, Limerick Senior Camogie team. And since the move down here, I've actually got back into that, that, that uh, athletic environment and team environment. So around about 21, 22, I stopped playing, stopped playing rugby and I made a move towards powerlifting. I guess it was just one, just a case of I had kind of fallen out of love with rugby and didn't have that same draw. And I really, really loved the gym. Um, and like Gina was saying about kickboxing, uh, rugby is a similar sport with a lot of contact. And if your heart isn't in it, I don't think you should be playing it. Okay. Um, and it's, it's, I've heard it from a lot of people that. You know, they grew to they grew to love the strength stuff more than they did the actual sport. That's very very common, and I think when that happens, it's 
it's okay and to accept it and then just to, to shift your target and to move on to something else. And I moved on to powerlifting and I absolutely love powerlifting. And from day one where I, when I rocked into the city gym and I met Arthur Lynch and Stephen Cusack, uh, I loved it. And to this day, I still love it. And it's, it's a big part of my, of my life. Okay, and I hope that it stays so for the foreseeable future. So yeah, and then obviously I met Gina through powerlifting and the two of us decided after you know, a short space of time that we were going to open up a gym and we were going to uh, have a real cut off, you know, making a, making a worthwhile enterprise and helping as many people as we possibly could. So last, last June or July, I think it was, is it? We got the keys in June. Yeah. And we opened up in August. <laughs> it was very, very fast. Yeah. Very quick. So yeah, got the keys in June, opened up in August, and yeah, then we then we started the, the planning process and we put things together. We had our layouts set out and we had our structure of how we wanted things to run. And yeah, that's after changing so much since. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I'm sure no, I'm sure it will change. It'll keep changing, but the, you know, like what I touched on earlier on, that the, the key, the core values of healthy, happier, stronger, I don't think it'll ever change. No, no, no. Yeah, so they, they, they won't ever change. Um, like as soon as you come into our place, we're looking for those three things to be part of your whole session, everything you bring outside of that. They'll never change. Maybe the way we, uh, yeah, maybe the way we deliver may change every now and again, but for the most part, healthy, happy, stronger will always stay a big part of it, okay? Um, so I guess you might just chat through like how, how we do deliver it. Like, like it's probably like there's, if this isn't like a, like a sales pitch or anything, it's not, not like that. It's just to give a bit of context to you know, what exactly we do and you know, the different options and where we see ourselves you know, going further down the line and stuff. Yeah, so we are a strength conditioning facility. We offer it in different forms, really, like, but at the end of the day, it's, everyone is getting the exact same, just delivered differently. So the first option we do is personal training, which is working one-on-one -on -one with a coach. Um, same with whatever their goals are, we just adapt them into the program. Then we do a semi-PT, which is a group training system, which is five people per coach. Now, they guess individualized program it's not like they come into a class and they're all in the same program it, it's personalized isn't it um, yeah. and then we have our classes our starting division classes which will take up to 15 hopefully when we go back it'll be i don't know <laughs> it might be less yes yeah. that is the starting condition based as well and then we do powerlifting which is live at the minute isn't it we have yeah. around nine clients as well they're doing really really well and um, we just can't wait to get them all back in yeah, the powerlifting acts more as a team than a membership, so to speak. Okay, and that's the way we want to kind of branch it out. We we look at we look at the powerlifting more so from like because it, it is a sport. We look at it like a team training session. It's you know there's there's warm ups and like just set warm ups and you know what I mean. We're a bit more what's the word rigid with them yeah. I guess yeah yeah but like, like it's but, an individual sport but we train as a team basically exactly yeah. Yeah. yeah and like we've gained inspiration like I I was previously part of you know, City Gym Limerick and some amazing friends there and Gina is a member of a strength militia and we've seen 
how a team environment can just it just again it just it just raises the bar. It can just add raises. an extra twenty kg onto the bar. <laughs> it sure can, yeah. So that's what we're trying to create down here. Look, we're in you know, the first the first stage of it. We've a handful of members um, on our powerlifting team, but the team sessions have been really good. Yeah. The environment is really nice and. I think with powerlifting, though, once you go to meet the band on the bar, you ask for your cups, and then mm. when you go to the competition and you get your, you say, Oh, yeah, I'm only going to do one competition, 10 competitions, and then your cups left. Yeah. It's it's a very addictive sport, and we're lucky that, like, the powerlifts that we have at the minute, like, they were going to compete, we had six of them yeah. competing until coronavirus kicked in, and unfortunately, they couldn't, but hopefully, there'll be another one coming up for them. Yeah. Oh, we're, we're going good at the Paris so far. Yeah, the Paulison is really enjoyable. Like, it's like anything, you know. If you if you if you love something like we do with powerlifting, it doesn't doesn't feel like like work. No, you know what I mean? it doesn't feel like no. Like our classes and our semi PT and our PT, like that doesn't no. That's something we love as well. Okay, but we both regularly compete in powerlifting. We don't compete in personal training. <coughs> our classes, you know what I mean? So it's it, it's a it's a small bit different. Um, and like Gina was saying. No, we're a strength and conditioning facility. So we provide strength and conditioning to everyone. It's just <clears throat> the dose of it is different to everyone. Okay. So if someone comes to us and they want to, to lose uh, weight and tone up, <clears throat> they may get a small bit more conditioning versus a powerlifter who wants to put 20 kilos in his back squat. His conditioning might come in the form of sets of eight and 10, 12 rep squats versus someone who's seven or eight stone overweight, their conditioning may come in the form of a long walk in the evening, okay? But at the end of the day, people get aspects of strength and aspects of conditioning in their programs. It's just the doses, the amounts, the variety, that's where the individuality comes in. <clears throat> and, and that's what we try and do. We try and make our programs as individual, I suppose, as we, as we possibly can. Without without putting in crap or putting in stuff for the sake of doing it, you know, like yeah. every program, you know, most programs are going to have, you know, a squatting pattern, a deadlifting or a hip hinge pattern. Like no and if there are two programs the same, I don't know. <laughs> I'm not a fan of having two people's programs the same anyway. I think everyone needs a bit of individuality because no two people are going to move the same, especially in powerlifting. Like you're going to have your weaknesses. And everybody need people to work on the weaknesses, aren't you? Really? Yeah. Like, there's not. Mm. It's like, and the way we the way we program our powerlifting, we have like our competition movements, and then we what we call our secondary movements and our assistance movements. It's it's a common enough way of programming. A lot of coaches will do it this way. But essentially, the secondary movements is focused around weak patterns, so uh, like movement patterns, so to speak, and the assistance movements are focused around weak muscle groups, and they're going to vary an awful lot from person to person, okay? There might be an overlap in some aspects, but there definitely won't be an overlap in every aspect across all the lifts, okay? So that's like, that's just an idea that we're all individual little snowflakes and we do need something a bit different. Um, so yeah, that's where we try and set ourselves apart in that our programming for our semi-private PTs, um, they're very much individualized. The class programs, Everyone works off the same, um, off the same program for that, but that's obviously at a much more at the, at the most reduced rate. Mm -hmm. 
and our powerlifting programs, we we have a like a template or a system we like to go off and we just adapt that and we change it from person to person. But we do have like an outline kind of you know of areas we want to go into and then we adapt it very much so depending on the person. Kind of a, that kind of sums it yeah. up, doesn't it? Yeah, exactly. yeah. So it's been been a great six, seven months. Longer. Yeah, longer, maybe eight months. Yeah. And we were go- we were going real good in March <laughs> and like I'm sure <laughs> tons of other gyms across the country were we were going really good and then yeah, we're a bit of a roadblock put in. But we're staying positive. We're trying to keep in touch with as many of our members as we possibly can. And you know, I, I know it is it, it's hard to stay motivated this, but like I'm really hopeful that within the next two or three weeks that we will have access to some of our members. Yeah. Um, Especially think? person brain, I think if we can get one on one or two on one or something like that. Yeah. I think maybe yeah. I don't know. Being realistic, probably like going back to classes of ten and twelve people gonna probably going to be put off for another while, but definitely our PTs and our senior PTs, we hope to see you all in two or three weeks. Um so yeah that's probably gonna probably gonna be our next move is mm. then that comes back yeah. on. But yeah, over the next couple of weeks, lads, we are going to be providing some real good uh, experiences through this Raising the Bar podcast. We've got some, like I said earlier on, we've got some great people lined up. Um, I can't wait to to get chatting to them, and I'm going to try and pull out as much information and uh, just so we can help each and every one of you that are listening. Yeah, I think that's it. Yeah, so thank you for listening today. Um, we really, really appreciate it. Okay. And um, if you could, would you mind just liking and sharing this, uh, this podcast? If you're listening to it on Spotify or wherever you're listening to it, and and giving it a share. All that kind of stuff is going to really help. And as we said earlier on, the whole idea is we are spreading the message. We're helping as many people as we possibly can, and we're making the world, the community, a healthier, happier, and stronger one. Okay. So, thank you, guys. Take care and we shall talk to you again really, really soon. Bye.